If you're an executive, entrepreneur, seasoned investor, or just a student of the game, you'll love The Great Fail, Adweek's Entrepreneurship Podcast of the Year, a show that artfully uncovers some of the biggest fails in business history and how it might have been prevented. The Great Fail is entertaining, informative, and told through a true crime narrative in under 30 minutes that keeps you at the edge of your seats. So check out The Great Fail wherever you get your podcast. That's the great thing about Stamps.com. They grow with you. As much fun as I had, I couldn't wait to get back to my sleep number bed. Yep. I love my third love bras. They're hands down the most comfortable bras I've ever owned. I love making Blue Apron. I love it. It's my me time. Thank you for joining us on On The Mic. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself for our listeners, that would be awesome. Yeah, totally. My name is Megan Letter, but I go by Megan Plays Online. I am predominantly a Roblox YouTuber, but I also have blogs, podcasts, and much more. I've been doing YouTube for um, seven years. So it's, it's been quite some time as a digital creator. That's awesome. Now, I know that when I was uh, watching all your videos and everything, I know that there's a lot of Roblox. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to focus on Roblox specifically? So that's like kind of a funny story. And it's not so much um, one that I feel like people love the answer to because it's not like I've been playing Roblox since I was a kid. I believe like Roblox kind of came about when I was a little bit older. Um, And I know that they have a predominantly younger audience. So I decided to switch to Roblox after I was posting The Sims, which I love The Sims but I wasn't really having any success. I wasn't really finding my niche there. I was kind of just rolling with the punches with a game I really enjoyed. And I had a friend in the space, his name is George. And he told me like, everyone's playing Roblox now, like check this (laughs) out. Like you should really look into this. So eventually things stopped working out with The Sims. I was about to have to go get a real job. Um, like, <laughs> And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I was going to have to like use my degree in graphic design or something. And I did not want to drive into Dallas every single day. So I decided to take the chance, do some research on Roblox. And I fell in love with it and decided to completely pivot my entire plan. And honestly, I've found such an accepting, loving community there um, through my audience. So it was a really good choice. But yeah, it was just my friend was like, hey, look into Roblox. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So you mentioned that Roblox came about when you were a little bit older Mm -hmm. and that that audience tends to skew a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your community of followers? Like, are they also younger or... Yeah, that's actually a super easy question to answer because I've taken a lot of polls and I've done a lot of research on my direct audience because, you know, you want to know who you're entertaining. You want to know a little bit more about them and know, like, you know, maybe appropriate language to use or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, So my audience is predominantly, I keep on using the word predominantly. If anyone (laughs) has a a a synonym for majority or predominant or as a whole, whatever, just let me know. I'll be sure to switch it out. But um. They're 90% female identifying and they're, they're aged um, eight to 14, 90% of them, like 90% of them fall into that group right there. Wow. Mm -hmm. The majority of creators that we talk to, their demographics are older, significantly older. Mm -hmm. So how do you like prepare to, you know, cater and like entertain that, that age group? Oh, it's, it's really easy because I'm not like a different version of myself on YouTube. I always am myself. I just, in real life, I would say my humor is really, really dry. 
And that's the only thing I have to watch out for is okay. um, I found out that sarcasm doesn't register in the brain of children until the age of about, of about like 10 or 11. So I try really hard not to make sarcastic jokes. Like I made a joke once and people did not like it. There's a really rare item in Adopt Me, like probably 1% of users have it, if that. And I made a joke like, you're going to want to grab your tombstone. I know that everybody has one. And all the comments were like, I do not have a tombstone. Like, well, it, the tone was even more jokey, but like, it's just kind of about knowing how your audience perceives the world at their age. Mm -hmm. I just avoid dry humor. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's something that you kind of grow with and learn. It's like, um, I have a bunch of little sisters, and that's how I look at them. You know, you just, you don't want to curse around children. Of course, I don't really curse in general, but you know, you just want to be sure that, you know, would their parents make them turn this off if they turned it on mm -hmm. type of deal? Would my mom would have let me watch this when I was a kid? So I kind of just try to keep that stuff in mind when entertaining my audience and keeping that separation because at the end of the day, I am a 26 year old woman who's like married and like, you know, <laughs> more of an adult life than a majority of my audience. <laughs> right. Have you found over the years, because I know that you've been doing this for quite a while, have you found that you have to evolve with your audience or does your audience kind of age out? Mm -hmm. Definitely the, the latter. Okay. Um, definitely the latter. It's kind of like, um, I, I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. So I'm going to try to use like, people believe in a certain figure at some point and then they grow out of believing in a certain figure at some point but then there's always kids growing into learning about that figure at some points got so it so it's kind of like a cycle and um a lot of people whenever roblox was like going public on the stock market they were saying like how is roblox going to keep the attention of their audience how are they going to age with their audience and it's like well they have plans for that but at the end of the day there's always going to be that audience as people grow up People grow up and they grow into it. As they grow out of it, they grow into it. You know, I hope that makes sense. It's kind of like a circle. So yeah. um, I do get comments like, oh my gosh, you were my childhood. I used to watch your videos all the time. I just don't play this certain game anymore. So I don't watch your videos anymore. Um, I have attempted to like kind of age up with my audience. That's why I have like a vlog channel. And there I would say the audience is definitely more preteen. I can tell that like my super fans, like people who have me as their profile picture and they, they're all friends and they're a group of girls they don't watch my Roblox videos. They just watch my vlogs. So mm. I can definitely tell the difference between the two audiences. You're on TikTok as well. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between like your YouTube audience and your TikTok audience? Do you have kind of that breakdown? Yeah, well, I don't have like an analytical breakdown of the demographics, but I do have a, I've looked at the comments and I can tell a difference <laughs> type yeah. of sense. Um, so of course I have my core audience who's really sweet and really nice, but with TikTok's amazing algorithm, you get pushed in front of so many audiences. So I do get some more negativity over there. Like, oh, I hate you. Get off my for you page. And it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't put myself on there. I don't know. Um, so you kind of just reach out to more people who mm -hmm. may not like your content. And then you're kind of more subjected to that just because their algorithm is really good. And it pushes you out to more people as opposed to YouTube, maybe having a core niche audience of people who just like adopt me or just like a certain Roblox game. Cause on TikTok, you're posting more of not like niche, like Roblox content. Maybe you're making Roblox memes, but it reaches all the Robloxers as opposed to ones in just like role play, um, more of my demographic. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple demographics in Roblox, you know? Like there's games with like guns and murder and stuff like that. And then there's games with like raising pets and taking care of family. And I'm over here. So <laughs> not yeah. on the guns and murder side. 
No, not not totally. <laughs> Do you try to connect your um like your YouTube content and your TikTok content or do you find that you're you're producing differently for the different audiences? I think that um in general what works best on my TikTok is connecting the two like whenever I make a joke about Roblox those tend to do better than when I'm like doing a lip sync or a popular TikTok dance you know mm -hmm. so th that just tends to like really merge itself together so I have 3.3 million followers on TikTok which is you know right behind how many I have on YouTube but it feels like a smaller audience mm -hmm. which is interesting but they definitely um like I said you have that core audience and whenever you reach that core audience, as well as that other um, audience, they just, the Roblox TikToks gain more interest because I have my core audience that's on YouTube watching, and then they hit the algorithm of the other Robloxers. So they just tend to do better as opposed to people who are interested in my lip syncs because they like me. Right. So they're the same, but different. No, I get that. We've talked to some other TikTok creators and we've gotten on the subject of how interesting TikTok is compared to mm -hmm. other platforms, just because you do get pushed out to so many different people. And mm -hmm. like, I just think it's really interesting that you can find any niche yeah. that you want on TikTok. Like the pug with the no bones right now is like, I don't know if you've seen him. He's got bones, but... <laughs> See, and I haven't. So we're on yeah. different TikToks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all it's like and it's all over my for you page as well as like I then I then see it on like Instagram people reposting. I don't know. Oh, it's really, really? interesting. Yeah, yes. it's like there's so many facets of TikTok. Um I'm on like more alternative meme TikTok. Okay. More like um stuff like that. Like I for some reason I don't make my way over to animal TikTok that much as much as I would love animal TikTok. <laughs> like I love dogs and cats and animals. So I'd like to see more of those. But yeah, like me and my husband we have completely different for you pages. Mm -hmm. They overlap just a little bit, but I'll be like, "Have you seen this meme?" and he's like, "No, I've never even heard that audio." And I'm like, how can that possibly be? Yeah, when you're hearing it like back to back, like every other one, you're like, that's the same audio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i on Animal TikTok and recently it was Squid Game TikTok because that's yeah. what I was watching on Netflix. I think we're all on Squid Game TikTok. <laughs> yes, everybody is right now. <laughs> Since we were on the, the subject of like TikTok and different creators, who were some of your favorite creators? I don't really watch a ton of YouTube. That's fair. If I went back past my like recently watched, I can't even remember the last like YouTube video I watched. Like I don't watch a ton of YouTube, but I do tend to like more real life creators. Like I like Laura DIY's content. Um, mm -hmm. Leanne says she's a vlogger. She just had a baby. Um, just more vloggy people. Brim Life, like that whole click over there. I like their content. Uh, I've seen some of Emma Chamberlain's stuff, which I, I enjoy. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, watch other like gaming youtubers or anything like that like i just i don't <laughs> no i mean when that's what you do yeah there's like one youtuber whose videos i probably look forward to the most and it's like me and my husband will sit down and we'll eat at our dining table and he's like oh cody co uploaded a video and i'm like okay cool let's watch that so i think probably like he's one of my favorite creators because i like watch all of his videos and there's just not a lot of people that i do all of that with you yeah. know yeah, I tend to watch whatever it is that my husband's watching at the time. And he's he's a big uh, video game guy. So he watches a lot of like Let's Plays. And mm. his recent one was a guy who was playing through 1000 expert levels of Mario Maker. Whoa. Yeah, with, <laughs> with no skips. So Whoa. that's what we've been watching. Most of your videos are usually shorter than 20 minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing that I'm always interested in is how long does it actually take to make those videos? 
I had this conversation with somebody the other day and surprisingly it does not take long. I feel like some people think it takes a long time and there's definitely some videos that take longer than others. It's kind of hard to say. So whenever I, when I very first started posting YouTube videos, it took me like four hours of video because it would take me a long time to think of like what to say and like, oh, is this funny enough? Or, oh, it's kind of quiet here. I have to cut this part out. So I would need to record like an hour of footage and then it would take me a couple hours to edit it. And then I would put it up. Like it would just take a long time. But now uh, I can like crank out a video in like 20 to 25 minutes. Wow. Which is really fast. So basically it's like a 25 minute recording. Um, if it's scripted content, they're a little bit longer, um, like scripted role plays or improv mm -hmm. story modes where I'm like playing with other characters and we're telling a story. But like, if it's an update video, it's like, that takes me 15 minutes to like crank out. Then I send it over to an editor and he edits for me. With that being said, like, it's like, I don't want people to think like, oh, it only takes her 25 minutes a day. Why doesn't she get more up? Because at this point it just becomes very mentally draining. Yeah. Like I've been doing this for so long that it just takes a lot of more mental power to be like, okay, now put your makeup on again today. Now turn the camera on again today. Like it just, at some point you get so fast to make the content, but it becomes really hard like to press that record button because you're just like, oh, I hope this idea is good. I feel like I've done this idea 500 times. I'm not really looking forward to doing this idea because I don't even know if my audience is looking forward to it. But there's now an expectation where I have to post daily, which is why I haven't been really posting daily because I just haven't had a lot of ideas and I've been like focusing more on like my mental health. So I just don't want anyone to think like, it only takes her 25 minutes. I could be a YouTuber. That sounds so easy because it comes with a lot of mental burden. I'm really excited sure. to see the psychological studies of like influencers and YouTubers after their time in the sun. Yes. Like I'm interested to see how that like trickles out. <laughs> That would be that would be really interesting. Yeah, I don't think that a lot of people understand the lead up to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just about like being on camera. Like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes as well. Yeah, even even just so much as like putting on your makeup and making sure that you're, you know, you Happy. are like camera ready. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, um, I spend a lot of my time like not recording, but I actually spend a lot of my time organizing and emailing and plotting out my days and also being a 26 year old woman I have responsibilities I have like four mm -hmm. animals and they're always all sick so I always have to take them all to the vets you know you got to do your runs to FedEx you got to do like you got to pay your taxes you just got to do adult things yes um, so it's like really hard to make time for it all I do not know how parents our parents like I don't I that is <laughs> oh my goodness I could not imagine I told my hairstylist I was like I don't know how you do it I don't know how you raise a son she's a single mom I don't know you raise a son and then come do hair like I would just be so tired oh yeah yeah like, <laughs> just I exhausted know. I don't know <laughs> I'm right there with you I'm right there with you kind of to piggyback off of the YouTube question how long does it take to create TikTok videos that one it doesn't take long at all for me because I only create TikToks when I have an idea like if I'm watching okay. a trend and um, it's like, oh, I could adapt this to Roblox or, oh, I want to I wanna do this transition. It like just takes like not any time at all. But I am like picky about it a little bit. Like sometimes I throw up anything. Like my last TikTok is me being like, hey, guys, I have a live stream archive channel. You can go to that TikTok and see live stream highlights. Um, but then, I, you know, I'm self-conscious like anyone else is. So and you. TikTok can be like just such a harsh audience. Yeah. It's like, mm, do I want to upload this? Maybe not. <laughs> so those take very little time. But I do know, like I watched a podcast with like Bella Porch. 
Um, and she said that her first TikTok, like the M to the B TikTok, that like which is like M to the B, M to the B, and mm-hmm. she just like made those faces. She said that took her two hours because she kept redoing it over and over and over and over again until she was finally happy with it. I was just gonna say I have heard from others that they they'll spend two, three, four yeah. hours putting theirs together and and you get, you know, a minute out of it. Yes. And those are I think people who do that, those are like TikTokers. Like I don't yes. really consider myself a TikToker. I consider myself a YouTuber. And then like, sometimes I post on TikTok for fun when I feel like it. So, and it's probably the same for TikTokers and YouTubers. Like, you know, it's like they can't imagine spending time on a YouTube video because their main focus is TikToks. Whereas, you know, it's a little bit the opposite for me. So I definitely don't mean to degrade anybody's like career when being like, it takes me like a couple seconds. I'm just not a TikToker. Like I just kind of throw things up and I get so jealous. Like I really like Abby Roberts TikToks. Mm -hmm. She's the girl with the makeup. I just, so anyway, I love her TikToks. I love her transitions. And I'm like, dang, this probably took her forever. Like, I don't know how she got it so perfect. And then I just remind myself like, this is her job. She probably spent a long time on this. I need to not be so hard on myself about my transitions not looking like this because she probably just spends so much time on it. It's her job. So yeah, that's what she does. Yeah. Have you worked with any advertisers? Yes. Yeah. I've worked with a ton of advertisers. The one that I've worked with the most recently that I really liked was LL Surprise. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. And is that on on your YouTube? Yeah. I've worked with LL Surprise pretty closely. We did three live streams, which cultivated three videos. Um, and they're really great to work with. I, I worked with another brand called super awesome and they facilitated that deal for me and they're really lovely people. And we're working with them on some, um, wonderwork studio stuff, my gaming development company, um, me and my husband's cool. gaming development company. That's it's funny. Cause right before this, I was organizing all of my brand sheets and stuff like that. Like making sure I was hitting deadlines, right. And making sure I knew when things were supposed to go up. I've done stuff with Disney discord, um, Tampax. That one was one of my favorites. And then I've also worked with like celebrity integrations. Like I've worked with Paris Hilton, Lil Nas X, this band called Why Don't We? And that was all Roblox related. They helped set that up. So there's just so cool. There's there's a few out there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I was going to ask if you had any dream brands that you want to work with, but you start throwing out Disney and Discord and I'm like, well, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd really like to work with Mattel and Barbie. Uh. Um, I was at VidCon in 2019 and they said that I looked like Daisy because they have a Barbie named Daisy and she has pink hair. And I was like, oh, I would love to be a Barbie. So, you know, more brands like that, more brands that really just make sense. I'm working with Pop Jam right now, which is a exclusive social media site for kids under 13. So it's very safe for children. Um, and I really like working with them too. And that's also facilitated by Super Awesome. That's really cool. I love that. You know, a lot of the other folks that we have spoken with just because their audiences are older, you know, a lot of their, um, their brand deals are, are older. So Mm -hmm. I love that you're really working with these, these great brands who are, you know, geared more towards the younger audiences. And if they aren't, I don't accept the deal. Like I've had like some adult companies hit me out, be like, do you want to promote this? And I'm like, no, I have 11 year olds I'm looking after. I'm not going to promote your product. Like I had a smoking company hit me up, said no to that, of course. I had some that are just more like they're tame, but they're not my demographic, like teeth whitening. Mm -hmm. Why would I push teeth whitening to children? That seems obscene and rude and like you know what I mean like it's not a fit so it that's another thing about knowing your demographic and what's important and what's going to work for them or what's going to make sense exactly I personally haven't played Roblox I've watched some of your videos (laughs) though can you kind of break down just for our listeners how Roblox works 
Yes, definitely. So um, a lot of people think that Roblox is a game, but it is not a game. It is a hub of games. So it's similar to like um, whenever you're on Minecraft, of course, Minecraft is a game, but then you can go on different servers in Minecraft. Right. So it's kind of like a hub of a lot of games created by the people, the people being um, people like me, people like 15 year olds who are still in school, literal eight year olds are able to create games on Roblox. Roblox has not created any games themselves. They're all just fan made, essentially. Oh, Yeah. So it's really cool because Roblox has a lot of programs to help teach kids how to code in Lua. It's the primary code in Roblox. It's the only way you can code in Roblox. And there's not a lot of things that code with Lua. I think like the Kohl's registers are coded in Lua, like the shopping (laughs) store. Um, And that's about it. It's very specific. It's a very specific language, um, but they do offer free programs and educational tools to help you learn how to make those games. And then when people put their games up, they are put in front of massive, massive audiences that they would have not ever had before. That's so cool. It sounds to me just kind of like the coding aspect that it kind of opens a door to younger girls who maybe don't Mm -hmm. have, you know, that available to them. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's a really cool avenue. Yeah, it's like a lot more than that. Like, I just touched on the coding, but like Roblox has so many facets that get young kids really involved in game making. Like, you can learn how to model with Roblox Studio. You can learn to code and then make your own game. You can um, become an artist and create clothing designs like they're they're 2D. So clothing designs for Roblox avatars. I think it opens up a lot of skill sets for a lot of people um, in a creative way that they may not have explored before. And it just everybody can do it. Like anyone can upload clothing to the Roblox catalog. Anybody can um, pick up models or upload a game to the Roblox uh, game catalog. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that there were so many like opportunities for creation there. Oh yeah, it's a very tight-knit community driven um sort of platform which I really like. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining. This has been really great. I've yes. been really excited to talk to you and I'm I'm glad that we finally made it happen. <laughs> yes, it's been so fun. I I love conversations like this because I'm really passionate about it. So it's, it's really fun to talk about for me. This is the best part of my day today. Like, and this has been so great. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's been the best part of my day. I'm not going to lie. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes and leave us a comment with your feedback, questions, or ideas for future segments. If you would like more info on Ad Results Media and what we do, please visit us online at adresultsmedia.com. This podcast is an Ad Results Media production. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media? meaningful connections.